Johnny, keep your mouth shut. Can't help it, Wes. You can't help it. I know. And welcome, everybody, to the beer, the bourbon, and the balderdash. The balderdash. How's it going, Johnny? Uh, I am. I'm great, actually. Oh, that's a great day. Okay, good. I like that. Really good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just uh, had a work trip in Arizona and was down there where it's, uh, to me, it's boring and brown and flat. I mean, there's rocky hills and some mountains and stuff, but it's just, it's not as pretty as Washington State. It's just. But to the right kind of old people, it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, too. Well, I will have to say one thing about Arizona. The people there are fit. I mean, there was so many topless guys running around and they were, they were like super chiseled. And then all the females were, I mean, they, well, young females, I, I'd say people that live there are very fit. <laughs> were you, were you at ASU <laughs> just hanging no, out at the no, college? No, 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 no. I was in Scottsdale. Wow. Which Greek is, Row is a very handsome group of yeah, men. Which is very richy rich, uh, in Scottsdale there, but, uh. You know, I go to like Kierlin Commons, which is like all high end shops and stuff, outdoor mm-hmm. mall or old Scottsdale. And uh, you could tell who they're tourists because they're like mm-hmm. me, chubby. And you could tell who's uh, who lives there because they are blonde and they are fit. And <laughs> uh, and then you can tell who's lived there very long because they are really leathery. brown and really leathery, <laughs> but still fit. I do think that like. It's like the the difference between living somewhere that kind of has nice weather all year long or like relatively nice weather versus like a place like the Northwest where like when it's shitty, it's hard to get out and exercise or want to. Like even if you're not going outside, exercising inside still sucks. Yeah. It's still cold. It's creaky. It's not as, it's not as fun, but when it's warm outside, like I know when I lived in Texas, I would go out for a long run every morning and in the summertime it would be like 90 degrees at five o'clock in the morning and I would go out and exercise and it just felt good. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's because it's hot out. I mean, you don't want to wear as much clothes, but if you're, (laughs) if you're not very fit, you're, you're going to feel like, oh, I should probably put on some more clothes or you just don't give a shit. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people that don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Who is hot? I'll wear not much. Yeah. And, uh, I like a little mystery. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Oh, really? You don't want to see it all. Yeah. I want to see. Uh, and then I ended my trip. I had like a couple hours uh, before I had to get to the airport. So I um, decided to go for a run. Uh, yep. In the 80 something nice. degree heat, which I guess to them, that's a, <laughs> that's a frost. That's a first it's frost. Cold. Yeah. That's cold. That's what we call in New England sweater weather. Yeah. 80 degrees. Yep. And uh, went to the Arizona state fair and uh, took some photos. Cause you know, there's that's lots fun. of opportunity for photos at a fair, but Beautiful young men who exercise and are blonde. Yeah, but you know, honestly, if if you don't have someone to hang out with at a fair, a fair is just boring. Does it feel creepy when you're there by yourself? No, no. like you're like you're gawking. No, 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 not at all. I mean, because there's so many people. No one, you just you blend in. No one notices. No one. Knows. I mean, when I put the camera up to my eyes, you know, and then take a photo, people kind of, you know, they look. But you know, I'm not taking pictures of anything. Uh, or any person specifically, because I'm not that's creep. Fair. And uh, and then I went to their. I was really disappointed about their um, agriculture. Agriculture. I don't, I don't oh. eat fair food. <laughs> I do not want a heart attack before I got on the plane. Um, and then uh, I went to the agricultural center, and they had like four cows, 
um, a handful of goats, a little petting zoo. Uh, That's it? Like two camels, which I've never seen a camel in real life. Um, and that was it. That's it. Hmm. Like, you know, when you go to the Piala Fair here in Washington or the Washington State Fair now, I mean, it's it's jam-packed with animals. I mean, there's all kinds of 4-H stuff. There's not even a rodeo. Mm-hmm. I was even looking on the events. I didn't even see a rodeo. And I'm like, this is Arizona, mm-hmm. right? There's not a lot of agriculture in Arizona, right? Like, I no, mean, as far as like animal husbandry goes. I don't think so, but it's Western. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that. I mean, it's, but it's also cactuses with no water. <laughs> That's true. But have and a rodeo. Need that. I think a rodeo would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been all right. Yeah, Idaho is that way too, but it's like the fair, I, I think, grew up being a different thing. Mm-hmm. It was like the fair, the the rides were like a kind of a sideshow, but the, the like main focal point were the animals. It was like animal auctions and competitions and who has the biggest pumpkin, that kind of shit. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. So maybe that's just like, well, we're supposed to have animals. Maybe they just came in the back of the truck with the carnies. They probably did. It was their animals. Well, I mean, they brought a camel. How many camels live in Arizona? (laughs) I don't know. They didn't didn't catch that wild. (laughs) Have you ever seen a camel in real life? Yeah, I've ridden one. Oh, well, lucky. I don't think I have. Well, no, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but oh. it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> if you cut off their hump, can you drink their milk like a coconut? Yeah, it's just like a coconut. You don't even have to cut it. You just, you just, you just like you pop a straw on the top and away you go. <laughs> you just poke a hole. They love that. Yeah, yeah it's delicious. They get they really excited. They talk to you. Yeah, they spit too, I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they can be mean. They don't swallow. So... Uh, that last bit is not true at all. I just we just made that up just so for our animal lovers out there. Yeah, don't don't cut one up. Uh, and then I, I kind of was bold uh, when I was eating at the airport at the uh, PHX Brewing Company, which had a very lovely IPA that was twenty IBUs. It was super fruity and cloudy. Um, and I don't like bitter IPA, so maybe some people out there might be like, "That's not an IPA," but it was good. I talked to the strangers next to me, had some good conversations, and I just want to shout out. She won't listen to this because I didn't tell her I was on a podcast because I didn't want to be that guy like, oh, you have a podcast. Here's my coaster. Yeah. And uh, her name is Michelle, <laughs> and she makes totem poles. She's Native American from Spokane, and she makes totem poles uh, for families um, here in Washington and for Salish tribe. And she was going up to Alaska, and she was really, really interesting. Really interesting. It's pretty – I see – is she part of the Salish tribe? No, she's part of one of the Spokane tribes, and I'm not even going to uh, try to remember and pronounce it because I don't want to uh, be incorrect. But um, no, she's from Washington, and then she moved to Arizona, and she does social service work for uh, Native American families in Arizona, which has mm-hmm. been very, very hard. And yeah, I can she, imagine. She just kind of retired from it. Um, I would put her in her 40s, but she might have been older. And, uh, so now she doesn't know what she's going to do, but she just got done doing a totem pole for a family in Woodby Island who lost their daughter at a young mm. age. And the totem pole was their, uh, their daughter, um, and, uh, two bears, like, uh, the daughter was represented as, oh, I can't remember now, maybe a smaller bear. And then the parents were like, a like two larger bears. And I think there was like a Raven on top of it or whatever. So mm. she did it as a memorial for them at their home on Woodby Island. So she does stuff like that. Um, and you know, we talked, did she share pictures of it? Yeah, it was cool. Really neat. Yeah. And she had beautiful <clears throat> native American tattoos all up and down her arms and turquoise jewelry. And, uh, she was really interesting to talk to. And that's, you know, one of the things that 
you know, um, this podcast is mostly like a bar talk podcast and, you know, we just chat about whatever kind of comes to mind and that's kind of what you do in a bar. You just, you know, talk to the person next to you or the stranger and you maybe meet a new friend or, you know, just have a laugh for that moment. They're temporary friends, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I was, it was nice to meet her. You know, I didn't get last names. I didn't get Instagrams. I just had a chat with a stranger since I had some time to kill and learn something, something new. So it was really cool. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and as we're getting into this, uh, you know, this is a value for value podcast. And like I said, we kind of focus on a bar talk. So this is an entertainment podcast, but more than that, uh, we do hope you might learn something if we're talking about something that uh, isn't informational or maybe laugh with us. And if you find any kind of value in that, we just ask for that value. If you feel like you want to give something to us, um, that's uh, time, uh, talent, or treasure. And uh, that's something that, you know, is really pushed forward by Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak on No Agenda. And that's kind of the model. Um, so basically, we're, we're looking for uh, you, our listener, uh, to become a producer, someone who gives back to the show. But, you know, eventually... John and I might have a PayPal, and if you're not into cryptocurrency and Satoshis, uh, you might want to, you know, send us some dollary dues that uh, you feel like, hey, I, f- I laughed and I find this show worth this much. Um, it's kind of what you want to give, and that is the value. Or if you just want to, you know, tell us uh, some recommendations for uh, beer or some bourbon, and uh, mm-hmm. and we would really appreciate that as well. And mm-hmm. on that note, I just wanted to, before I forget, we had some donations and it's pretty funny because I use Fountain FM for all of our, for a lot of our stuff. And uh, you can find, if you just go to the app store, type in fountain.fm, I'm telling you these modern podcast apps are phenomenal. You'll ditch, well, Google, I think is got rid of their podcasting. Spotify is dying. They're bleeding um, out because they just, you can't. You can't monetize a podcasting network. You just can't. Um, And then uh, Apple Podcasts, they're trying to do podcasting 2.0 stuff. But listen, if you want to be on the forefront of all the cool stuff podcasting can do, you just go to newpodcastapps.com. I like fountain.fm. Some people use Podverse. Some people use Podcast Guru. And in those apps, you can put money in a wallet. It's a crypto wallet, and if you like something you hear, you can boost us with a comment. And it, it doesn't have to be like – so like a, over 100,000 Satoshis is like $30. So imagine if you just sent us 20 Satoshis. That'd or be like, 10 million. Yeah, or 10 – that's true. Or just 10 million. throwing it out there. <laughs> I don't want to limit us. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. We and, might have a super fan. Yeah, yep, yep. Jeff Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Jeff Bezos cares about us. I'd like a Jeff B escalation. <laughs> and so uh we have a we've been getting donations. Craig, everyone knows Craig from VPD Studio. Uh he's Thanks, called Craig. Yeah, he's called a couple times. He sent us mm-hmm. um the episode before last. He sent us uh here I got it right here. There we go. Uh, he sent us 106,837 Satoshis and he said, uh, gentlemen, that moniker is no joke when there's bourbon, bourbon snobbery involved. 
Thanks for always taking my calls <laughs> and the endless supply of balderdash in the morning, Bald in the dash. evening, and keep the lid down among others. Uh, and he, and basically it was a spinal <laughs> tap. It's a spinal tap donation um, that he did through fountain.fm. Um, I know uh, it was the original donation was one, 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 but after the splits, it's one Oh six to us. So we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, also from episode, <clears throat> excuse me, episode, I believe it was 75, uh, Sir Jared of South Berrien uh, sent us 960 Satoshis. And he said, uh, in the morning, this is Sir Jared of South Berrien. I started listening after I met Wes at the No Agenda West Seattle meetup this summer. I've been really enjoying your conversations and the whiskey reviews. Just had to say I'm friends with the owner of the orchard and on site at Cash Boot Butte Distillery, uh, <laughs> which is uh, uh, friends of uh, Tim's as well, and mm-hmm. was just at his launch party. Small world. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. And then uh, from Mere Mortals podcast, uh, which is a great podcast everyone should uh, listen to. This is Kyron. And he said, great use of chapters and images, guys. Always makes navigating a new show so much easier. Congrats on getting lit sorted. That's our live tag. And uh, it's still pretty tricky to do. And uh, Kyron just got done doing a great interview with Adam Curry. You can go check him out on the uh, Mirror Mortals podcast. And it's all about value for value, which is kind of what I'm talking about right now. So this is the kind of stuff that John and I would really appreciate, which is your comments. And, mm-hmm. and feedback. And what we would like to do is just build a community and hear from our listeners or our producers. And that gives us value. We're actually the kind of people that making connections and friendships is value. It's valuable mm-hmm. to us. And as Adam Curry always says, it, you know, connection is protection. Uh, and then Craig on our last episode sent us um, another Spinal Tap one. And he said, another banger, as the kids say. <laughs> uh, and here's another spinal tap. Uh, this goes, this one goes to 11 boost. And if you've ever oh, seen nice. spinal tap, that's, that's one of the lines in the movie or in the, yeah, in the movie, this is spinal tap. You know, Kyron and Juan at Mirror Mortal, Mortals have t-shirts. Why don't we have t-shirts? I don't, I don't want to make income off of t-shirts. I'm <laughs> trying to sell them. I want to wear it. <laughs> we can get, t-shirt. we can get t-shirts. That's fine. It's I out like of our own pocket, too. but we can, we can. Their logo is really good. It's simple and nice, and their podcast is really great. So, yes, definitely go listen. Yeah, Mirror Mortals is is a cool podcast. And, and a lot of it is just about, um, you know, what's going on in the podcasting world, if you care. But you can only find these things on a modern podcast app. And so I really encourage our people. I'd love to see more Fountain, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Podcasting 2.0 apps. I think you would really, really enjoy it. And like Kyron said, we use chapters. So I don't know if you guys know this. I have artwork and chapters for all the different sections that John and I talk about. So if you want to just hear the beer review, you can go to that chapter and just listen to us babble on about beer. Blah, 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 blah. And you'd really appreciate that. And then I got some comments on Instagram that I want to make sure that I hit. And this is great that we're getting feedback from people. I'm I'm very happy about this. It actually makes me, it makes me feel, I don't know, really good. Uh, from Bozeman Spirits, um, we did their review of their Yellowstone uh, whiskey on the last, last podcast. And remember, we couldn't find their mash bill. They said uh, this one was 21% rye mm-hmm. on that whiskey. So I appreciate them letting us know that. Mm-hmm. So that, that explains the bite. Yeah, that does explain the bite. And I thought I had one more. 
Um, I did try to go to Cash Butte Distillery and uh, um, see Chris, but we just couldn't line up when I was out in DA last weekend. So that's unfortunate because I wanted to bring some back. Um, and then I got something, another uh, message from a guy named Mike Riley. And uh, he works for a brewery called Disruption is Brewing in uh, the UK. And we don't know how he's going to get beer here to us. Um, mm-hmm. But Mike, uh, thanks for listening. And I'm going to yeah, read it for here. Sure. He says he works for a brewery called Disruption is Brewing. They make forward thinking, adventurous, hoppy beer which won gold in the SIBA competition for the Southeast this year, as well as second for the whole country. Bravo. Uh, I would really love our beer to be considered for inclusion in your cracking podcast. We're cracking, John. Cracking. I can recommend some whiskeys as well, if that's the way in, although I'm sure you'll have tasted them anyways. (laughs) I love that he makes it sound like it's so exclusive. (laughs) Shut up. It is. No, shut up. It is. (laughs) Your way in is thanks for reaching out. Yes. (laughs) Uh, They also make a single hop gin as well, which I don't think I've ever had something like that. Mm, Uh, Anyways, if you fancy making my day, then let me know where I can send the samples to and we can go from there. Kindest regards. Mikey, Mikey, I'll be reaching out to you, and mm-hmm. uh, thank you for reaching out to us. Like I said, I've been on a uh, work trip, so I haven't really been able to get to all my stuff, but we really do uh, appreciate you reaching out to us. So, and that's... Yeah, SIBA, by the way, the Society of Independent Brewers. Okay. Well, there you go. It's uh, the voice of British independent brewing is their tagline. Love it. That's uh, like the craft brewing society or craft brewers guild that they have in the U S you can see that tag on a lot of things. It's, it's what it sounds like. So that's awesome. Congratulations by the way, on the, on the gold. Yeah, Love it. Yeah. Can't and, wait to taste your beer. And I think what would be good, John, is if we, um, if we somebody had somebody pay for us to fly there <laughs> and we could do yeah. a live interview. Yeah, we could do that too. Or send, we can send him, uh, an invite. And, uh, if he sends us something out here, um, and to you, we can try to line up the stars and have them on and talk. Can we to give him shit about the years in 2006 and 17 when he didn't win? Yes, we have to. Because nobody, nobody won. They didn't hold the words. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, John and I, we, we just want, we want bar friends. We want bar flies. We should have called mm-hmm. everyone bar flies. Um, Number one rule though, don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. You can have fun sure. and we're all about fun. Yeah. And teasing's cool too. Just mm-hmm. uh don't take anything too serious. That's that's kind of the the rule there, right? Amen. So that would be value to us. And again, I cannot stress enough, get off Spotify, get off your your Google podcast, get off Apple Podcasts and get a Amazon. modern yeah, get a modern podcasting app. Um and uh you know, if you need help, I'll help you. You can reach me at Balderdash Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, at protonmail.com or you can reach john harrison at balderdash boys at protonmail.com mm. i can give him your hotmail if you want but. that's fine i can have my hotmail okay that and john guy had a hotmail <laughs> <laughs> no that john h guy at hotmail yeah, you can email me anytime yes i've had that email address since i was 16 years old <laughs> and i'm never getting rid of it <laughs> that's great you should I know. I love it. That John h guy don't forget the h yep. or on instagram beer bourbon and balderdash and uh you can reach out yeah. to us in any of those ways and even through the website, beerbourbonbalderdash.com. And uh, yeah, and we would love to hear from you. On that mm-hmm. note, let's drink. Johnny, what are we drinking tonight for the beer, my friend? 
All right. Uh, so we've had a beer from this brewery before. Uh, they are one of my favorite brewery brewing companies, Black Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, so their IPA is particularly well known because it is friggin' fantastic. Uh, they make a series of really great beers, but this I thought was appropriate considering we did a Scotch Ale. We did Old Chub yep. last week. Old it was Chub. from Colorado. So this is a Washington version of a Scotch Ale. That's what they call uh, me at the strip club. <laughs> And I think we've done Kilt Lifter in the past, which is also a Scotch Ale. I don't think we've Seattle. done Scott. I don't think we did Kilt Lifter. Uh, we oh, probably well, did. Whatever. We should do it again. It's great. <laughs> we probably can't remember because it's like a thousand percent. Anyway, Black Raven Brewing Company, Second Sight Scotch Ale. Uh, what is the ABV on this one? I don't know. It's dark up here. Full bodied, balanced. Scotch Ales are super, typically pretty heavy duty, uh, like a winter warmer almost. Mm-hmm. I'm now I'm just like blathering because I don't see any of the words I'm looking for. But whatever. It looks good. Let's try it. All right. Crack it open. Oh, Ooh. oh smells so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scotch ales are typically really malty, kind of heavy. Um, a lot of times they won't have a sustained head on them because the alcohol content's too high. It, it, uh, to get bubbles, you need surface tension, and the alcohol kills the surface tension. So a lot of times they'll be hmm. they'll be perceived as a little bit flat, uh, unless the brewer added something to it to make sure that there's a nice thick head. But a lot of Scotch ales won't have that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just particularly high alcohol beers. Okay. But anyway, here we go. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. <sighs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Uh, it's tasting. I love it so much. What do you, what do you taste it? <clears throat> oh, everything that you want in a Scotch ale. All the um, maltiness. That's my favorite part. I'm, I guess I'm just a big sucker for anything mm-hmm. like really malty. Um, it's also got that uh, that like warm. You know, you drink some beers, you want a refreshing beer, mm-hmm. but when I drink this, I get warmth, and I mm-hmm. really, really enjoy that about the beer. What about you? Yeah, this is definitely not a beer that you would want to drink necessarily on a hot day. <clears throat> no. This is like a like a fall day beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of hot bitterness, but it has a lot of, or not hot, it doesn't have a lot of hot flavor. It has a lot of hot bitterness. It balances the sweet of the malt, but mostly it's like like toffee. Mm. It's like toffee and caramel, but not, not overly oh, sweet. Yeah, I get that. Which is really, to me, I think a lot of scotch ales are, can be a little almost sugary. Yep. And syrupy, and this is not this. This is really well balanced and easy to drink. I oh. drink a lot of this and then forget what I was doing with my life. <laughs> I really like the old chub that we had last week, mm-hmm. uh, but this one I like better. Yeah, and there's I'd one like this from one better too. There's one from Silver City that I really really like as well. Mm-hmm. And for reference, mm-hmm. um, if you've ever had Irish Death, that's also mm-hmm. I think they classify that as a Scotch ale too. Oh, do they? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was a stout. No, no. There's a, they have a stout, but that's but Irish Death is a Scotch Ale. I like uh, this, but better. also one of my favorite beers. I like this one. It's very drinkable. Yep. This uh, it says that it's six point nine percent. Oh, you found it. Yeah, and uh, thirty two IBUs, which I don't taste thirty two IBUs in this. It's well, really so, mellow. So, I people get really caught up on the IBUs and. Um, it's more complicated than just that number. Yeah. Like we're trained as Americans to like rank things and think of numbers as absolute. And in this case, it's not absolute. It's perception. 
And if you have a really malty beer, you need higher IBUs to balance it. Mm. So like the beer oh, okay. is all about the balance between malt and hops. Yeah. And so like an IPA is really hop balanced uh, or it leans towards the hops. But if it's like really low on the malty side, you don't need a lot of hops to get that perception of bitterness and really hoppy. So okay. the IBU number itself can be a little deceiving, I guess. Okay. That's good. So without the right balance, this would just taste like a cloyingly sweet sugar drink. Gotcha. gotcha. So this is a nicely balanced, very, very well-made beer for sure. And I think that's probably why I really like it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, the malts they use are two-row two barley, crystal, special bee, and chocolate malts. And the hops are Magnum and mm-hmm. Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one, Scotch Ales too are fun because they're like the, the – the category themselves itself are um it's somewhat broad because you can get like just the basic beer flavors in it but you can also get some of the like the dark fruit flavors the plums like getting towards like an old ale or something that's been aged a little bit so there's like some really subtle awesome things you can do with it if you're a brewer to make it really interesting and not just as straightforward like this is a really perfect example of of i don't i don't mean basic like in a bad way but like a basic perfect scotch ale Mm, mm -hmm. but then you can get scotch ales that have like that taste like dried plums or Mm -hmm. you know have some of those other flavors that are really interesting it's just just different yeah and they'll get you drunk fast yeah yep i do like that no i'm just kidding let's see according to the bjcp um examples or a description of this beer it can be up to 10 percent and still be considered a Scotch ale. Oh, really? 10% is the limit, Ten, huh? 10% is the limit. Mm. Yeah. Then after that, I think it goes into like barley wine category or maybe wee heavies. I don't know. Okay. Oh, no. No, no, no. Scotch ale can be considered a wee heavy. Okay. Mm. I'm going to have to do my research on this one. Man, am I drunk? <laughs> Fuck. Well, I mean, you can have all this information, but... You know, you you have to relearn things sometimes because there's mm-hmm. all kinds of other things. I'm doing that with whiskey all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I know this about this, but do I really know this? And so I start have to go back into my books and start looking at it again and making sure mm-hmm. that I, I really understand what I'm supposed to understand. So I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to be experts and, and, and offer, you know, we're not just trying to bullshit here. <laughs> we're actually trying to provide <laughs> some truth. Mm-hmm. So um, our, be- our best attempt, but there's no... We have that same disclaimer that Trump put in his in his uh, financial statements. So Kofefe, you gotta check. Go check it out yourself. Yeah, Kofefe. <laughs> uh, and speaking of weird words that no one knows the definitions to, our balderdash word for the night. Well, that's is, good timing. Yeah, is fluther. 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 That's the thing that you run the beer down to cool it before it goes into the fermenting <laughs> vessel. It's called a fluther. It's the fluther. Uh, so that's the balderdash word of the episode. If you want to know what the definition really is, stay until the end of the podcast and we will let you know. Can you use that in a sentence? Um, I don't know if I could do it without giving it away. Um, he was in such a fluther fluther to get to the grocery store before they ran out of milk. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think maybe that gave it away. <laughs> but whatever. Still. Don't uh, tell anyone, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till the end. Yeah, Tim's really good about uh telling us what the what the word was. He actually was the only one that responded to 
when I said, oh, uh, at the end of the episode, the Balderdash word was this. And if you listen this long, let me know what the Balderdash word was. He's the only <laughs> one that said it. So thanks, Tim, for being a thanks, uh, Tim. all the way to the end listener with us. That's right. Tim really knows how to finish. <laughs> so, I don't sorry, know Tim. that. I don't know I that. I don't know. That's what I hear. He finishes podcasts. From who? He's a, okay. He's a doer. He gets shit done. He's a doer. Uh, tonight, we're drinking Two Bar. Uh, this is here in Seattle. Oh, yeah. It's a wine barrel finished straight bourbon whiskey, and this is finished in wine barrels. In wine barrels. Their whole... Uh, is that their, why it's a wine barrel finished? Yes, that is why. It's from a wine barrel. Bit of a superfluous statement. Uh-huh. Sur- a what? Sur- superfluous. <laughs> There's a word for the day. And Two Bar Distilling, uh, it stands out for simple reasons. Uh, on their website, it says over a century ago, the Two Bar Ranch was founded in Texas. And for five generations, the Two Bar brand stood for quality, independence, and hard work. Those values are brought to Two Bar Spirits, where locally grown grains is milled, mashed, fermented, distilled, and aged in oak barrels. And we do all this with one goal in mind, make a damn fine whiskey. They do a pretty good job. They do a very good job. So uh, this is a 90 proof uh, wine barrel finish um, whiskey. Um, I'm trying to look up right now because uh, I forgot. I don't think it says what the wine is that the barrel is finished. But, you know, barrels are uh, interesting things. That the How we got to uh, whiskey in barrels uh, was uh, simply necessity because they needed something that they could carry liquid in. Uh, and barrels are available. And mm-hmm. in particular, wine barrels are available. So whiskey was often put in barrels because it was easy to transport that way. And it wasn't in the charred barrel um, actually came from France because they were uh, charring barrels for brandy. And so brandy casks or old wine casks that had been charred were being used. And that's where we got the whole idea of charring the inside of the oak barrels uh, for whiskey. Or for bourbon. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's funny how things come about out of necessity and accident. And then you're like, mm-hmm. holy crap, this is fantastic. It's like the, uh, the story of the uh, of fiery Cheetos. What are they called? You know what the flaming? Che- oh, uh, yeah, flaming. flaming. Flaming hot Cheetos? No, that, well, there's no, that was it. Not the taquitos. What are those called? Oh, it's flaming hot. You're right. Flaming hot Cheetos. And, and that okay. came from a janitor. At a school who got a whole bunch Talkies. of... Takis. Yeah, not Takis, but it's Cheetos. Uh, flaming hot Cheetos. No, it was the janitor of a Cheeto factory, and they had a whole bunch yeah, of right. uh, miss uh, fires of the Cheetos. And so he got the bags, and he would put hot sauce on them. And then he brought it to the execs and said, man, you guys got to try this, and that's where Flaming Hot Cheetos. So the guy kind of did it by accident because he liked putting hot sauce on everything. Not racist. It's actually not, um, not that strange because there's... I can't remember what they're called, but... We just call them pinwheels and they're like, they yes. look like tomato slices, but they're yeah. made of like corn flour or something. I don't know what. Um, but the first time I ever had them was, was, was out of an ice cream truck, actually. <laughs> um, it was summertime. We were working on the patio out front. An ice cream truck came up, take one of ice cream. So we went and got ice cream and they had these bags of these things out there. Wish you could remember what they're called. But if you go to a Mexican grocery store or Latin grocery store, you'll see them and they, they look like tomato slices, but like yeah. chip versions. So it's just holes in them. And, uh, I was like, what are those? And he didn't speak hardly any English. Um, he pointed to him and was like, yeah, what are those? 
was, he couldn't say what they were. And I was like, okay, I'll have them fine. And then he was like, pointed to hot sauce and lime juice. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you want these on them? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. So he had this giant, uh, giant jar of Tapatio and, you yeah. know, I put the lime juice on it and put a bunch of hot sauce in there and started plowing away through those things. And I've never looked back. They're so good that way. But it's the same idea. Like, I think this is more common in um, Mexican or maybe even Latin American culture or in the, in those countries where they put hot sauce on things like chips. Like, yeah. It seems weird to us. Yep. But probably to him, he was like, this seems like the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, he's always did it. Two things. I thought of you when I saw those at the Mexican grocery store when I was in Desert Era. I love it when you think of me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't buy them because I couldn't eat a whole bag myself. But I thought, I told my dad, because my dad was with me, I was like, John loves these things. <laughs> oh, they're so good. They have them at the store out at Desert Air. They're out there. And then uh, Dana's cousin, Claudia, shout out to Claudia. Hey, Claudia. Uh, she loves putting uh, Tapatio on popcorn. And so the first yes. time we had that was in um, down in Oregon on the coast. Uh, we were over in Seaside. And uh, we were in this uh, bar that was in an old movie theater. What was the name of that bar? Was it Colshan? Anyways, uh, we went in there, and popcorn is kind of the bar food they give you. And then she went up there and asked for Tapatio, and then she came back down and put Tapatio all over the popcorn without asking me. And then she looked at me, and she goes, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate some, and? and I loved it. And that's what how I eat my popcorn now is I put Tapatio on my popcorn. It's delicious. <laughs> so thank you, Claudia, for that. Appreciate Thanks, it. Claudia. Uh, so anyways, let's pop this open and have a drink. Oh, yeah. You going to do that? <laughs> that's a good one. That was a good one. Let's see if I can get the glug glug. Oh, I think I got that too. Hopefully, uh, the noise gate didn't cancel that out. I, th- I think so. It, yeah. Ooh. Right off the nose, something sweet. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love bourbon. The caramel smell, that, that oak. It's almost like, mm, mm, mm. it's almost like coconut. Like, oh, weird. Yeah. I don't know. It could be wrong. It's definitely sweet. Definitely sweet, yes. Sweet, sweet on the smell. And cheers. Ooh, that was good. I used a regular glass. <laughs> mm. Doesn't taste like a 90 proof. Nope. That is smooth. Mm-hmm. Smooth and sweet. It's almost, it's almost like a like a subtle side note, like a saltiness that, that lingers. Mm. Okay. Like the sweet right up front. And then uh, a little bit of savory. Yeah, I would agree with that. I get I get desserts. I get something desserty when I drink this. Oh, like a what is the? Is it a creme brulee where they put they'll put a little salt on top? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Is that right? Yeah. Or am I making shit up? There's one of them. No, that's it sounds like good. Sweet that Just they go put with salt it. on it. Don't deny yourself. Like Just a salted caramel. Yes. There you go. There. It's complicated. Yes. I just tell them to put salt on all of my desserts. That's how I mm-hmm. roll. So. Do you have anything with salt on it? No. Can you put, put salt, salt on, on it? it? Sir, Tell this you what, is... Just bring the salt. I'll put it on myself. Sir, this is Bananas Foster. No, put That's salt right. on it. Yeah, so why is there not salt on it? That's right. Make it salty. My dad used to put salt on everything. He died of a heart attack. <laughs> okay, see? That's a life lesson oh, there. Don't, don't put salt on everything. <laughs> I salt everything. I drink, I, yeah. I drink Element, and Element has like a thousand milligrams of sodium. I, uh, 
not that long ago, I went to the doctor and I'm like, your blood pressure is really high. And so I tried to cut back on the salt. Oh. Wow. So. Okay. Well, don't die. We're not going to die. It's like one of those, <laughs> it's like the one thing she could point to that was like, that's what you got to work on. And, and here's what you need to do. And I'm like, yes, I'm a little overweight. That's fine. But my resting heart rate is like 52. Um, my body fat is like, it's at the high end of normal. So I'm not super fit, but I'm not flabby. Um, but that was the one thing like, and also I was in the doctor's office and I thought she was going to tell me I was going to die. So of course my <laughs> blood pressure is really high. I, it's her fault. Really? So funny, sir, you might, oh, you have high blood pressure live for mm-hmm. another 40 years. Oh, exactly. Let me scare the shit out of you and then yeah. take your blood pressure. Would you like me to take it again? Why is it going to be worse? Yeah. My poor dad, you know, after everything with my mom, he goes to the doctor and he says, Oh, it seems like you're, I don't know, something with the prostate seems elevated. I don't even know what that is. You know, and, I, and he's, and you guys, and the guy's like, you know, it's, it could there be cancer. There was a joke in there somewhere we should just I know. let. I know, I wanted to. It was a could, elevated prostate. could be cancer, so we're going to have to, my dad's like, Ugh. are you serious, cancer? He's like, well, I mean, you know, probably not. It could but, be. And my dad's like, why would he even say that? I was like, because. Maybe don't lead with that. I know, dummy has to, I guess. I don't know. And it's fine. It's just old man stuff. Like when you get old and you're a man, like, you know, your prostate gets enlarged or whatever. I mean, it just happens. doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. cancerous. It just means you're old. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, of course my dad, you know, there's a little PTSD cause my mom died of cancer, you know, then that stuff mm-hmm. rolls around in your head, especially when you watch a loved one die of cancer. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, you're just like, I don't want that. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So nope. it, it freaks them out. And, but you know, my dad has been, Speaking of my dad, he's been really good through this whole thing. And I think it's helped him um, have like better mental resolve. And mm-hmm. I think, I think he's, I think he's both seen how maybe fragile he is um, and how maybe short life is as well. I mean, I know I have, mm-hmm. um, but you know, he's, he's really, so when we were in desert air, there was an Oktoberfest. And so we went with the neighbors, him and I, and I helped him go out there to close down the, the house, got trashed the first night and, and just decided to be sick all the next day for most of the day. One does. Helping him. Yeah. I, I, he's like, are you sure? Do you want to go lay down? And I go, I could be sick inside or I can be sick outside helping you. I'd rather be sick outside helping you. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing, I, there's nothing I can do about this dad. I fucked up. So, uh, sorry, Dana. And so, uh, after the Oktoberfest thing, you know, he was, you know, he confessed to me. He said, that was really hard, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because I think your mom really would enjoy it. And then mm-hmm. he said, I know I have to go through these things. I know they're going to be hard, but I also know that it's it's going to be okay. And I was really kind of proud of him that I didn't have to talk him down from a ledge. Like he was, mm-hmm. he already kind of had the understanding that, you know, this is just part of life and mm-hmm. he's going to just go through it and feel it. And talk about it, which is, for me, kind of new with my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know him to be a big feeling talker growing up. I don't think maybe most men aren't. Um, at least maybe men his generation. I know I talk yeah. about how I feel. And uh, so that was kind of a big deal. And I appreciated that. And I just, you know, affirmed him and said, yeah, that you're absolutely right. And that kind of leads me to kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight, which is having some mental toughness. You know, being mm-hmm. mentally strong because, you know, life sucks. Life is going to suck most of the time. And uh, you no, want I don't know if I agree with that, but. <laughs> well, I mean, 
it's okay or it could be hard <laughs> it can be hard yes yeah honestly it's not I, I, it's not I, I ever would, easy i would agree with that i don't think i go really, a week where i have you know i don't, I don't know i have my moments where, where i'm like man shit it's just good i do too but, it, but it's not like a week long of good there's usually like days in there where it's like oh, you are not sucked. doing enough mushrooms <laughs> Psych, it's like weeks. are you on the are you on the the psilocybin train no oh. you got to catch a regular train and oh it's really hard to do when you're high i know a guy <laughs> I, I have a guy no, now. i i i would agree with you like i i i do i'm on the struggle bus you know but like i feel like whether whether it's like constantly hard or just sometimes hard is a, is a perspective yeah right like Sure, there are things that are hard all the time, but like if if that's not the thing you're trying to focus on, or you choose to just like like I think this is we've talked about this before. I think this this is what has come from the struggles that I went through growing up, and the things that um, I had to learn to do re- at a really young age where I lost people. Um, my viewpoint is a little different in that, like I know how fragile life is and how short it is. And so I choose to focus on things that are more positive, even though the shitty things are happening. And I try to limit my dwelling on those shitty things as much as possible. Yeah. I'm not always real good at it. Sure. Uh, and this last year being on the East coast has really highlighted how much I rely on other people to help me through those things. And yeah. being here mostly by myself has forced me to learn to take care of it myself instead of, like hiding it through other people or letting other people soothe me when I'm in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that things are just bad all the time. Like I got a beautiful wife and a great son and some wonderful friends. I get to do this podcast. Like yeah. life is good. A lot of people don't have it as good as I have. Yeah. And while sometimes things are shitty and hard, mm-hmm. I still have it pretty good. Yeah. Like I'm in the middle. Yeah. I, I mean, understand that. But I, I think I feel like in terms of, Am I doing the best to the worst? I'm probably in the 90th percentile of doing pretty great. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with like money or stuff. No. It's just like, I feel like I have a pretty good life. That's good. I like That's that. That's all. I like that. That's a good way to look at things. Um, and uh, I think I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I have moments. Um, you know, if if we all are honest with ourselves, we definitely have moments where you know, it's just, it seems overwhelming and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we have to do some self-talk or we have to reach out and, you know, what's your self-talk about like when, when you come into a moment like that, when you're in on the struggle best, like what is, <laughs> what do you do? It depends. Most of the time I, I like talk to myself, like, don't be a bitch West. Like, you know, you know what this is, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of talk just kind of like that to myself. Like, you know what this you is. You tough love yourself. I do. Like, you know, don't, don't act like this or don't be this way or don't, don't let this consume you. Don't be an asshole. Like, you know, fucking get through it. It's going to be fine. You're not going to die, you know, mm-hmm. and the most maybe, you know, you, whatever, like you might fail at this. Um, and, you know, a lot of us don't start things because we're afraid of failure. I'm one of those people. And so, you know, some of my self talks that, and uh, sometimes when things get really difficult, I just go, put your head down and run through it. You'll be fine. It's just, it's just hard for a moment, but you're going to be fine. And do you ever uh, reach out to anybody about it? Yeah, I'll reach I mean, out I, to like, people. I mean, I mean not a, necessarily like in, I mean, it can be internal with your family or external. Like well, when you go through those moments. So if it's, if it's relationship wise, so if it's marriage wise, if Dan and I are having a rough time, um, 
you know, I, I'll usually talk myself out of like whatever's going on or, you know, I'll just be like, okay, you know, I got to take some stock and I'll take a moment and just kind of think about whatever scenario is, whatever we're fighting about. And then, you know, think about like, what would be, what's, how do we get past this? Like, so I'm always, I'll problem solve. Like, how do we get past mm-hmm. this? What, what's the barrier here? Um, sometimes it's maybe an insecurity. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, a, a fear of, I don't know. I don't know what, I can't think of a specific one to be quite honest, but, um, you know, most of the time, uh, like I'll pray about it. I'm big on praying about things and through praying about it, whether you're a believer or not, if you, I believe if you voice it out, if you say how you're actually feeling out loud, and sometimes this is like in the truck when I'm on my way to work or something, but if I voice the thing out, I hear myself. Or if I mm-hmm. write something out, I see it on paper. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being kind of internalized and then all of a sudden all the imagination and make-believe shit starts happening but isn't real, I can see it as it really is. And I usually find it like silly or I'm like, oh, I'm the problem um, mm. or, you know, something like that. And it, it gets resolved really easy because – you know, maybe I'm just being stubborn. Maybe I'm just being, you know, maybe I'm, I'm the reason why. And so I have to, I have to really take stock in that. Hmm. Um, but prayer is a big one for me. I, I pray through things and, and oftentimes I realize, oh crap, I, maybe I said this to a person I'll go back and apologize and they didn't think anything of it, but my conscience mm-hmm. was worried about it. Um, yeah. So, well, and for, for our less, um, religious or spiritual folks, like, Prayer is not that different than meditation, like in the way that you're talking about it. Sure. Like you're you're thinking about it, you're yeah. voicing it, you're trying to to figure your way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I I think too often we try to go straight to the solution without actually thinking about the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about doing, yep. right? It's like what is actually going on? I need some help. I need some clarity. How do I get that clarity? And for me, like not just sitting on it and being upset about it. That's different. That's just like dwelling and sitting in your own shit, mm-hmm. but like actually thinking about it and actually voicing it, like voicing it out loud is huge. And writing about it is huge. That's one of the biggest things that helped me get through this last year was starting to journal. Mm-hmm. It was something I did when I was younger and I stopped doing. <laughs> and then this last, this last year, my therapist told me I should start doing it. It was like night and day trying to get it out. My days would change. Like the, yeah. when I was having a hard time, I would just start writing about it and then it would just be done. And there were some nights when it was like, I just kept writing and nothing else to say. And I still felt like shit. And I went to bed. Yep. It's not like a silver bullet, but it certainly yep. helps. Yep. I so I ask about like reaching out to people because I'm really fortunate in that. Um, my wife knows me really well. And when she knows I'm struggling, no matter how well I'm hiding it, she'll poke me and prod me to talk about it. Well, she'll, she knows I, she knows when I need to talk about it mm-hmm. and she'll tell me, like, I know you need to talk about it. Like, it, it, it always happens this way. <laughs> She's like, what's going on or whatever. How she gets me to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll thank her. I was like, thank you for letting me, like, get that out. I really needed to get that, get that out. And she was like, I know. I yep. knew you needed to get it yep. out. I could yep. tell you need to get that out. You don't have to worry about, like, sharing with yep. me, no matter how hard it is. And so I'm really fortunate that she kind of pushes me to do that, to share, and that it's okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not seen as a negative. It's not seen as a burden. You know, and that's what a good partner does. So it's a good friend does that. Like, I agree. When do you need, you need a shoulder to, to cry on or lean on or just yep. a voice to. And, you know, it, it comes back to that. We were talking about this earlier today. Like, I think it's a really valuable way of looking at your relationships when people come to you. And um, 
with with a problem or they want to share, they need to share things um, up front stating, do you need, I think this is a, Ber- a Brene Brown thing. Do you need solutions or do you just need to talk? Yep. Because I'll do whatever it is that you need, but we always come at it from solutions. Yep. Like, how do I solve your problem? Yep. And sometimes people don't need that. Sometimes people just need to get it out. Yep. I agree. Well, I looked all over the place for a definition. I found a definition for mental toughness. And thanks for sharing that, John. I appreciate that. Um, It says mental toughness is a psychological trait or quality that describes an individual's ability to cope with and persevere through challenging situations, stress, adversity, and pressure. It involves the development of mental resilience and a strong mindset, allowing a person to maintain focus, determination, and performance, even in the face of difficult circumstances. And then it, there's some uh, characteristics that we can go through and that we just spark some conversation through these characteristics. Mm. Uh, you may or may not agree. That's okay. It's not a definitive list. Uh, number one is resilience. The ability to bounce back from setbacks, failures, difficult situations without being overwhelmed by negative emotions, which is key. Like a lot of us can come back from stuff, but are we reliving it constantly? So mm-hmm. being resilient is being able to bounce back. And one thing that Dana Joe's very good about is that she'll say, <laughs> she'll say, what did you learn from it? Oh, that's good. She goes, what did you learn? <laughs> like you, there's nothing you can do. And Sophia's actually picked up on this and I appreciate her because we've had some problems with her car that her and I've been working through. And, you know, I'll say, well, you know, you're going to have to do this. And I don't know if it's going to have a long-term problem here. And she's like, okay. She's like, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. Um, and there's tomorrow. And, uh, and now she goes, I'll just deal with it as it comes. And I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And I was proud of her, you know, for having that mindset in a situation that she could be like, oh, but how am I going to get to work? And how am I, you know, and the whole mm. world's now collapsing because of a check engine light came on in the car. <laughs> and that happens funny, to people. The, car, the car's still running. Yes. Yeah. But the check engine light, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> so that's resilience. Uh, bounce back from a setback or failure, but not being overwhelmed by the negative emotions that can come from that. I do want to say, I think this, I was, when we, you mentioned talking about this, it's, it's really important to recognize that it's not all or nothing when it comes to having mental toughness. Like I know I'm very mental, mentally tough in very certain situations. And there are some that I am not mentally tough at all. Yeah. So like, something revolving around a car or uh, something fails in the house or whatever, like a lot of those things, no problem, whatever we'll fix it or we'll figure out how to fix it. There's a solution. Uh, But then some of the emotional struggles that I have, I am not mentally tough at all. Like I I can get set off or I I can struggle with negative thoughts very quickly and I have a hard time getting over it. Yeah. You know, like getting a car accident. Wow. That sucks. My back hurts. Okay. Let's figure this out. Yep. But like getting an emotional car accident and I'm fucked. Yeah. That's, that's where I struggle I like the that. most. The emotional car accident. Yeah. 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 No. And, and that, well, you're, you're good with your hands. You're handy. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, my wife. And, and so like she knows I'm, she would agree. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so anyways, uh, moving on to the next one. <laughs> Number two is determination, a strong commitment to achieving goals and the ability to stay motivated and persistent Mm. in the pursuit of those goals, even when faced with 
obstacles. Uh, personally, uh, I'm pretty determined, but I, I leave the door open for, um, in my case, cause I'm Christian, I, I leave the door open for God to have a say in everything. So, um, pretty much the way I've lived my life since becoming a Christian is that if there is a opportunity that arises, um, I ask, uh, I ask the Lord for permission first to see if that's something that he actually wants me to do. And, and my prayer usually goes, uh, close every door you don't want me to go through and open the ones, only the ones that I, I can or that I should. Um, cause I can force a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. but should I? So how do you know when it's God and when it's you? Uh, there's usually a, so it usually has something to do with him. There's, there's a form of like blessing around it. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. So, you know, and you kind of, um, like, okay, so when the when we became Christians, when Dana and I became Christians uh, together, we were Scott and Dana and I were all baptized at the same time, which was a cool thing for us. Um, I had, I was a stay at home dad at the time. We were going to a church, and that our neighbors actually were um, recommended to us, and we started going to church with them, which was really cool. And from there, I just kind of you know, just always ask the Lord, like, what he wanted me to do. And that opened up the opportunity for me to uh, work at a Christian school, to teach at a Christian school, to do youth pastoring. And it just kind of flowed all from there. Everything seemed like this is what I'm supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. then when that uh, school, when that part of the school had closed down the high school um, and and my kids went to a different school, I I went in and I went in and applied for um, a teaching job. So I had been a teacher for eight years, uh, but they didn't have any teaching positions open. And, uh, and so I just looked at the lady and I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll, uh, well, even my teaching position at Shorewood, if I go back a little bit, I just looked at the the principal and I said, I'll tell you what, I love the Lord. And, and, uh, I read the Bible daily and, uh, I'm always learning and I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring and you pray over it and you tell me, uh, you call me if you if you want me if you think this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and uh, he called me back and gave me 90 days probation to 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 try it out, and it worked out really well. I was there for eight years, and made a lot of great friendships with my students. They were fantastic people, and I kind of did the same thing at Seattle Christian. And when they said no, there's no teaching positions here, I said, well, I'll tell you what, just I'll you have my application, you have my information. If there's a position that comes up at the school. Um, you let me know and, uh, and I'll come work here. And at the time I was specifically praying for a Paul. And in that terms, you know, like Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas was like a disciple of Paul or, you know, like he was an older man that he could look up to and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and learn from. And I've always kind of felt like I didn't have an older Christian male in my life to be friends with. And, uh, I kind of felt like, you know, I would really love a, a wiser, older male in my life. Uh, cause I kind of felt a little rootless in that way. And my dad's not a Christian and, and I love my dad and he's taught me a lot. So that's not against him, but you know, a Christian man, something that values would line up with mine. And they came back and said, we have this position open for a, um, for an assistant maintenance and you'll be working with this other gentleman named John. And John is about 
uh, 12 years older than I am. And he is an amazing man of God. And I love him so much. And we talk all the time. And uh, for the four years I worked at the school, um, that was probably some of the most enriching time that I had as far as my faith. Um, and it was just him and I most of the time. And uh, it, I just really, really appreciated that. And it was an answered prayer. I remember going, wow, this is, this is such an answered prayer. I had no idea who this person was. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, taught me a lot and just was really, he was strong with me too, where, you know, if I was messing up on, on my life, he would come up to me and be like, what do you think you're doing? Like, is that really how, you know, you think you should be living your life? And I'm like, absolutely not. I know it's not, but I just don't know what else to do. Hmm. And he would help me along like an, like an older brother. And that's, I really needed that at that time. And uh, he kind of mentored me and I really appreciated that. And then when I left the school, I continued to pray and just said, all right, Lord, I don't know what's going to go next, but if you can help me uh, find direction. And that's when uh, the guy at the, um, at the school who ran the transportation said, uh, Hey, it's so funny. Cause he came up to me as I was praying that day. I think I was praying with John. Cause I think we both knew we were going to lose our jobs. Um, <laughs> and uh, he came up to me and he said, Hey, my wife's uh, company that she works for, uh, is looking for someone to replace their property manager who's retiring. And, uh, and I thought you'd be a good fit. And I said, well, I'll interview. And I remember in the interview, I, I, I told him, I said, you know, I don't know a whole lot. I've, I've learned a lot over the last four years with John mm-hmm. and, uh, I would really, you know, like a chance at this, but I, I, because they're Christian at this, uh, at the place that I work now, I said, but if you, uh, if you feel like this is the right fit, I know that, um, you know, if this is the way that you're going to be led, I was trying not to be too spiritual with my talk and, uh, they called me up and, you know, gave me an opportunity and I've been there for four years. And so I, I, like, I've always, when situations or circumstances have come up and it, it's always felt good. And, and, you know, not that I, how do I put this? Not that I super enjoy my job it's it's a job um i definitely understand why i'm there and then even as i'm asking the lord every year i go well you know whenever things get a little hard there i go well is this where i'm supposed to be i never get a feeling like it's not and i don't think any other Mm -hmm. place would allow me to work the hours that i work um and do the job that i do for the pay that i get um and so they actually are quite a blessing and from that you know it, it i get you know, all kinds of other connections with other people and including mm-hmm. my son's job came from meeting another. <laughs> Cause I was praying for, it was funny cause I was praying for Nathan to get a job to find a, a place where he can feel like, you know, he wants to work there for a while. And then I had to do a, a door bid um, at a shopping center that I manage. And the guy that showed up, I just kind of chatted him up. <laughs> He's this mm-hmm. Christian guy and he is, he and his son run this business and he bought it from his brother and uh, he's looking to retire and he wants to find another apprentice. And so I told him about Nathan wanting to get into trades and he said, have him call me up. And uh, Nathan's been working there for, I think about two months now. And I just, I'm like, okay, like things just kind of fall into place. And it doesn't mean everything's great being a Christian. You know, your life doesn't go always the way that you want it because there's lessons to be learned and life is tough. But I have, I've really believe that as I just kind of allow myself to be led, um, by the Lord that I, you know, I'm not going to run into bad places unless I mess it up myself, quite honestly. 
Yeah, I, I think that was a really long answer to your question. I'm no, so sorry. No, it was, sorry a, good, it was a good answer. It was okay. a good answer, but I think I think kind of what you're pointing to, like for Christians, non Christians, like uh, there's a lesson there that's like whether you believe it is directed by some higher power or not, mm-hmm. being open to things that are unexpected mm-hmm. is part of being mentally tough. Yeah, like pivots and changes, and like being willing to change when things aren't going the way you expected, like. Yeah that's part of being mentally tough because you don't get to control everything, whether no. you believe it's controlled by a higher power or by random fate, or there's no control at all. Yeah. You don't have control over everything. You don't mm-hmm. control the weather. You don't control other people. You don't get a say in that. And sometimes things go your way and sometimes things don't, but being able to react in a way that, that, allows you to continue living your life without it negatively affecting you or impacting you uh, and everyone around you is huge. Yeah. It's like in your case, like you took an opportunity that you didn't see coming. Um, I've had some of those opportunities come the same way that I didn't see coming or that I thought were good or bad. Um, You know, being laid off from, um, from a job a couple of years ago turned out to be really great. Um, When I, started working for Amazon. I decided I hated the job that I had before I even got the job at Amazon and just said, we'll see how it goes. I just hate what I'm doing and move on. And, uh, you just, you have to be ready for changes and things going to, things are going to be okay. Like if that's something I've learned over the last thousand years that I am old, (laughs) things are going to be okay. Like they just are like, unless you're a real piece of shit, you'll find something, you'll be able to survive. (laughs) And even then, like there's some real awful people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a piece of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, like when I first got laid off from my first like actual job, I thought it was the end of the world. Like, yeah. that's it. I'm going to end up living in a tent. I have a family to take care of. I'm going to struggle. And it was at the, at, at the bottom of the crash and things were going to be awful. And it turned out fine. Yep. Yeah. And now I'm here talking to you. And, I know on a podcast and, sh- and sharing, sharing with friends. And yeah. we have like at least eight people that are interested in hearing <laughs> and 200 bots that thank you for scrubbing yeah. and, uh, and listening. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we have average 76 subscribers. So we thank every single yeah, I love of it. our subscribers and uh, we just I appreciate mean, anyone that takes the time, honestly, to just to listen. Clearly, to our listeners are mentally resilient because they keep coming back <laughs> after after the abuse and disaster that yeah. this podcast sometimes. Hey, man, we're trying. <laughs> you know, on on uh, the podcasting 2.0 show, they call it running with scissors. They just, you know, they're just go. going for it, you know, and seeing what happens. And what you're talking about is actually one of these mentally strong things, which is adaptability. Be adaptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, be able to kind of roll with it. Uh, what's the what's the phrase? Be like a duck. Let the water roll off your back. Yeah, like I remember, I it wasn't that long in our first couple of podcasts. There were some real stinkers in there, and then there was one that like we had like zero direction. Mm-hmm. It's like we'd exhausted our impromptu conversation, mm-hmm. and we had no plan. <laughs> and the podcast was just a real piece of shit. Yep. Uh, and we both agreed it's a real piece of shit. And we very well could have been like, well, this is not for us and <laughs> and quit. But like, I think we both recognized that like that was a bit of an outlier. And yeah, it was real bad and we can do better yeah. and we want to do better for no other reason than you and I just want to be better. Yeah. We want to be better and, at things. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking about it, like our desire to be better was because we wanted to be better for us. Yeah. Like I enjoy this conversation and that conversation kind of sucked. <laughs> So, well, our audio quality was bad. I mean, it sounded like we were in a tin yeah. can. My my furnace kept going off because Dana was cold. 
And that was getting Coco picked. can't stop barking. Yeah, Coco's constantly barking. It was oh so terrible. And I remember I talked to Darren O'Neill, who does the rock and roll pre-show for No Agenda, and and he was like, "Dude, you need a noise gate because it's noisy in the background. It sounds like you're just <laughs> AirPods in the basement." Yep. Well, that's basically where yeah, we were. Yeah. So and, and yeah. so we've tried to up those things and get better at it so that we can actually have a product that maybe someone might like and we and, like and, actually. And on top of it, sometimes we just got real drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that was no, there good. was some that we were because we pre show and oh, no, no, no. Oh, we learned, nope. like, no. Nope, yeah, we learned. No, nope, no, nope, sloppy. Nope. <laughs> we'll, we'll post funk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Confidence is another one. Uh, believing right, yeah, in your, knock those out. Believing in your own ability and uh, having a positive self image, which I struggle with, but I've gotten better Same. over the years. Uh, but this can help individuals uh, tackle challenges with a sense of self-assuredness. Like if you know who you are, uh, you can do a, you can accomplish a lot in your life if you just know who you are. If you know, like mm-hmm. you know, if you accept some things about yourself, and you're like, no, I know this, I'm this kind of person, so I, I know that I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to do my best. I know I'm going to, you know, I think you can get that confidence um, in yourself to to continue to do the job. And uh, honestly, a lot of people. <clears throat> my great contractor who did a great job in my front of my house, uh, Clay Showalter, and he did uh, he did our bathroom as well. And he's a young guy. He's got a lot of practice. He's been doing this, but he's he's off on his own now. He's starting his own construction company called Showpiece, Showpiece Construction. Showpiece Construction. Yep. And uh, he is phenomenal, and he is a problem solver. So he'll sit there and go, hmm, and he'll like text me. He's like, what if we think about this? And I'll go, what do you think? Can you do that? You know, can you solve that problem? Is that something he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. I mean, he's like just – he's like, no, I'm going to do this. He's like, I'm going to figure it out. And he's got that mentality, which mm. I'm kind of jealous of. Uh, you have the same You have the same thing too, John. But you're kind of like, go oh, get we'll it, figure man. this out. Yeah. Go get it. Yeah. And I don't. So I kind of latch on but to you, people like but that. But you could. Yeah, I try to feed off of it. You know? Like you have the you have the skill. You have the – like you, you have the brain for it. You mm-hmm. just – you don't have the confidence yet. Confidence, and you, Yes. You just got to have that confidence. Well, and I think about you and I think or about stupidity. Clay now. Yeah. I think about you and I think about Clay and I think about John Nobis, my, the guy that I talked about recently. And, and I think about how they just did stuff. You guys were just like, oh, we'll do it. And I'm like, well, but, but how do you start? You know, all those questions pop in my head that just kind of make me like, yeah. how I do you start do it? that way? We're yeah. going to start that way. That's exactly. what we're going to do. Exactly. And so I think like, okay, what would they do in this situation? Well, they would just fucking do it and fail. And then they would go, oh, well, that's not how you do it. You do it this way. <laughs> yeah, that clearly didn't work. Yeah. And I, but I'm just, what I realize is that I'm afraid of failure. So if I know that, I can have the confidence to go, you know what, Wes, you're going to fail. But that's okay. Uh, fail on this piece of wood that's not as expensive as that mahogany <laughs> and try it there first. <laughs> and then when you get it, go get the expensive piece and do it right. I'm like, oh, okay. I just problem solved. And now I have some confidence that I can do it when I get it right. So it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next is uh, focus, uh, the ability to uh, maintain uh, concentration and stay on task despite distractions or external pressures. Um, I have to write everything out on my day. I keep a big legal pad in a in a binder for work because I have so much that goes on that I have to remain focused. Otherwise, I can forget things. And when I forget things... Uh, people get very mad because, you know, it's businesses that maybe can't function properly because of me. So people lose money if I'm not focused. 
So I try to stay very, very focused and I write everything out and I go through all my list in the morning of what I know I need to do. I add as the day goes on and then I go back to it at the end of my day um, or near the end of my day. So I have time to fix anything or finish anything. And I just make sure that I took care as much as I could possibly. And then I prioritize in my mind. I'll say, well, this is really immediate. This I could do tomorrow morning and I could knock it out real quick. So I -hmm. I do a whole mental thing where I have to prioritize and that helps me focus. Otherwise, (laughs) dude, I'll be so pulled everywhere and distracted. (laughs) All the balls will drop. Not just the two. Yeah. Not, not the good kind. Mm. Uh, Endurance, uh, having the capacity to withstand physical and mental fatigue or allowing Mm. for sustained effort over extended periods. I'm being honest, this is starting to sound like a training manual for resisting torture. (laughs) It does a little bit. Like Navy SEALs will call this embracing the suck. Yeah. (laughs) Like uh, they'll say, this is going to suck. You have to embrace it. Yeah. It is what it is. Let's go. Yep. And and that's just it. There you go. That's endurance. It is. I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, and this could be anything. This could, it doesn't have to be work related. It could be a hard thing in life. It could be working out. Sometimes I don't want to work out and I just go. And just, I just have to, I can't not. And then I just, so I just go and I endure it and it might take me longer, but I got through it. And I'm really happy that I did. There's an endorphin serotonin thing that happens when I do that. Mm. And then, uh, the last one is uh, mental fortitude and that's the ability to face fear, anxiety, and uncertainty with courage and composure. Um, so just, you know, facing fears is really, really important. When I did, uh, when I was in Zion and I did the angels landing, uh, I was pretty scared cause I don't like heights. Uh, I don't like heights either. Yeah. And we made it through and we lived and no one fell off a thousand feet to their death or anything like that. And it was really great. And, uh, and it was exhilarating and it was fun to be that high up. And, uh, so I really enjoyed it. So trying to find things that you might be afraid of. Um, I don't like roller coasters and, uh, at all. And my kids have, you know, got me on roller coasters and they think it's funny because I scream the entire really? time. Oh my God. I hate roller coasters so much. It's just, there's no control and I'm upside down and I'm flying around and I can't control anything. I hate it. Yeah. Not a few, not a fan of roller coasters. <clears throat> it's like being in a passenger seat in my kid's car or something. Yeah. It's just, I have no control. <laughs> I would rather be on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, I'm just, you know, it gives me anxiety, but I, you know, at the end, I mean, I didn't die. You know, so I'm fine. But I watch people jump off of, you know, do bungee jumping and stuff. It's like, no, I'm not dumb. Why would I put myself in that position? <laughs> so, oh man. Anyway, so, you know, mental toughness is important because you're going to go through things in life. And so, you know, like we talked about last week with sense of humor and how to create a sense of humor, these are ways that you can create mental toughness if you're feeling like you're lacking in some places. Um, we're not asking you to do extreme things. We're not, we're not asking you to do anything. Um, nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Really nothing. Don't do anything. Um, but you know, if you're feeling like you need to have some toughness, I mean, here's some things that maybe you can kind of work on and you don't have to work all on all of them at the same time, but pick one. If you feel unfocused and that's kind of hurting your life figure out a way to help yourself focus Mm -hmm. on things that works for you. I think there's, there's, there are examples in our life of people that you know that maybe exhibit one or two of these things like mm. in a an exemplary way. Mm-hmm. 
like think about what they do and like so many people are like oh i wish i could be that way well you could be that way mm-hmm. but like it's hard mm-hmm. but they did it you can too yeah so follow ask them how they do it or lean on them or talk to them or like how do you get through this like i know i have a bit of a happy go lucky exterior but i struggle through a lot of things yeah very regularly yeah like have those conversations how do you get through it i don't know sometimes i don't sometimes yeah. i lean on other people like that's all right yeah, nothing wrong with that. Like something very mentally tough about saying I need help. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm glad you said that. That is also, you know, yeah, being real with yourself, being honest with yourself, that's a mental tough thing. Yeah, for that's sure. Right. Lots of people hide from being honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, great. Tom, anything else you want to add before we end here? Uh, no, I think this is a great topic that is uh, kind of something that sums up a lot of our conversations in the past and things yeah. we wish we could pass on to our children. We wish that um, people around us could be more resilient and, you yeah. know, wish I could be more resilient. And how do we learn this? And how do we grow? And how do we continue pushing through when it really does suck? Because to your point, sometimes things are really bad. Sometimes they're just really awful. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's learning for me, it's learning tricks to push through those moments. Like I hate flying and the last year I've flown a ton. Yeah. And there was, I sent, Helen a message one night on a really awful flight, like a plane that was bouncing up and down. And I mean, granted it took a bit of alcohol to get me to this point where I recognized this. I sent her a message. It was like, I finally realized how I can not be so stressed out when I fly. I just need to focus on the emotion. Well, that helps, but that was, that wasn't it. It was like, I just need to focus on the emotion that's stronger than the emotion I'm having. And that emotion is the love of my friends and family. Oh, well, that's great, as long as, John. That's as long fantastic. as I'm thinking about that, then it's like it doesn't give it. I don't give a shit what the plane's doing. Yeah, you know. And I had this moment. I guess I was drinking, and there was like the right. <laughs> it was like it was like this weird moment so where like funny. I had my I had my my Amazon Music coming on on, and the right song came on. I was like, oh, I'm really like loving this moment. The plane was bouncing all over the place. Like it bounced my drink off onto the floor. <laughs> guess I was drinking, <laughs> but I just had this like moment. Where it was like, oh. That's all I have to do. Like right now I'm just focusing on yeah. like the people I love and yeah. this like moment of song and like the emotions that are positive And like, I don't actually care that a plane's bouncing around. Yeah. I'm focusing on something different. I love that. I need to focus on the positive. So, yep. so yes, it took me a bit of whiskey to get there, but I got there <laughs> and I've done it sober. So I know it yep. works. Yep. Yep. So. I just pray before I get on and I say, well, Lord, whatever you want to do here, but I'd like to, I'd like to make it home. <laughs> Put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. That's right. There you go. And on that note. Just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, thank you so much for sticking around and listening to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Uh, This has been episode. Yeah, nonsense. This has been episode 78. And uh, tonight we drank the two bar wine barrel finished straight bourbon whiskey finished in wine barrels. Uh, it's really delicious, nice and sweet, very mellow, well-balanced. And another well-balanced drink that we had tonight was the Black Raven Second Sight Scotch mm-hmm. Ale, which was delicious. Probably my That's one a- of my favorite Scotch Ales. Yeah. That was a really good combo. No, that was, was actually really a nice. perfect like, combo. Two really two really great co- not cocktails. We hey, cocktails. By the way, both in Washington, so maybe they need to do a little hookup and get Ooh. a... Uh, Bourbon barrel aged, uh-huh. a wine bourbon barrel aged <laughs> scotch ale. All the things. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. They, they could call it the sweet bastard. 
Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We, we also talked good. about uh, how to be mentally tough. And uh, there's some things in there maybe that you could take away and and uh, you can help yourself. And then uh, we talked about value for value and supporting this podcast in any way that you think that you would like to support. Uh, whether it's donations, whether it's suggestions, or whether it's just reaching out to us and telling us that you like us or hate us or that we stink. We'll take it all, man. That's right. Yeah, maybe we'll win you over with how awesome and beautiful we are. Uh, you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and uh, the Balderdash word fluther means oh, fluther. to hurry, bustle, or it also means a confusing abundance depending on how you use it, I, I guess. My bank account's fluthered. <laughs> it's a confusing abundance. Confusing abundance. How did this happen? Of pennies. I haven't laundered money in years. I would like you to send me fluthered Satoshis. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct. It's not. But no, it was good, but though. Good enough. But, but you get the point. Yeah, I do. I want, I want a I confusing want a abundance. confusing abundance of Satoshis. Yeah, we're okay into numerology. You can send us some weird numerology numerological amount and we try to 42. guess it. Yeah, 33. Okay. But 33,000 would be preferable. <laughs> why, why do you stop at 1,000? 33 million Satoshis would be great. Send us one Bitcoin. I mean, honestly, if you sent us $8, you'd like make our day. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure out how to get a PayPal up. Damn it. Uh, John, anything else that you want to say here before we end? Yeah, uh, PayPal's not that hard, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's taxes and all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't know. Venmo, use Venmo. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways. Same thing. Anyway, nothing else. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> should, should I? You have to. You, what you said earlier. Do it now. Fuck. <laughs>